Do you know what your partner's up to when you're away and they're all alone? No, what? They're listening to the Screw Podcast, of course. What's that? Mm, sit back, relax, and listen. You're all gasmatics. You're all gasmatics. Sneaking in the back door with dirty magazines. So your mother wants to know what all the stains on the jeans. And you're all gasmatics. You're tuned in to another episode of the Screw Podcast with Felicia Rose and her rusty, trusty sidekick. <laughs> You're not going to stop being rusty because I've just decided just, you're rusty. And I don't mean it in a I'm derogatory just, I'm way. I'm just wondering what is trusty about rusty. I guess you know it's been there a while. I guess that describes it. Yeah. I mean, listen, we are going on. We're we're almost at 20 years of friendship. Oh, my goodness. You know, we're not that far off. We're four years away from 20 years of friendship. That's a lot of motherfucking years. So you're my rusty, trusty trombone. And I love you Wait, so much. Isn't rusty trombone something like, what is a... A pretty, yeah. That We should have a whole four episodes on <laughs> disgusting sayings, uh, filthy terms to Perfect. use in the bedroom. But yes. So anyways, this week we're talking about sex education Ooh, in school. Fuck yeah. And queer sex education at that. And the lack of in school. So we have been discussing what we thought we knew, what we found from some online Googling. And now we are going to do a deeper dive into an actual curriculum that is given, or I should say curriculum expectations that is given to Colorado sex educators from elementary through high school with most of our focus being on high school because there's not a ton of comprehensive mm. sex ed mm. before that, as we've noticed. And so we got our hands on some yeah, stuff. Did. It's very interesting. Stuff, things and stuff. We got stuff to talk about and criticize and <laughs> all the above. So where should we dive first? <laughs> I'd say, why don't we just look at like the generic laws around what needs to be taught on a public school level in Colorado when it comes to health education and sex edu education, Ooh, which I believe we, we have a copy we of do. that somewhere. Yes. Comprehension, comprehension <laughs> that I don't have a lot of, but comprehensive sex education policy. <laughs> and, you know, it's cool to kind of see this, like, first of all, not a lot of states. And, you know, what did we discover last, last week? Only like 17 states have such things in to kind of look at the the legal ease wording for some of these things is kind of curious. So, you know, Colorado, thank you to the peeps in Colorado. So I want to jump right into it. Looking at this, the first thing right off the top frustrates the shit out of me. So under Colorado state statute, parents and or guardians of all students will be notified in writing prior to students' involvement in health education course of instruction. Parents or guardians may exclude their child from any portion or portions of health instruction on the grounds that it is contrary to the religious beliefs and teachings or closely held personal beliefs of the student or the student's parent or guardian. I fucking hate that. And I understand why we have that in there. And I understand that there are parents that do not want their kids taking these courses. And if there is a religious reason, fucking fine. But in my personal beliefs and opinions, no child, especially no teenager, 
should be written out of these classes. It puts your children. I like it where it says closely held personal beliefs. I have a closely held personal belief that I don't want my fucking kids learning bullshit economics, right? Like I don't want them learning the Milfred or whatever the dude's name is from, you know, that kind of set the standard of, of an awful way to think about how countries and economies are doing. So, you know, where does it stop? Like, what if I'm religiously against math, like, or have a strong personal belief that it unduly stresses out my children? Like, it's just, are we, is it, is the purpose education or is the purpose, like, not actually following the idea of separation of church and state? Curious. That's a great, I mean, that's a great question, honestly. And I think that it's just unfortunate that that can still be, you're still able to basically not, I think it should be a fundamental right to learn about the your body, how it changes, the things it goes through. I think it's really, really putting your children and also your children who will eventually be fucking adults in this world, you're putting them at a complete disadvantage. And it's why we still have people that don't understand just simple basics, like cutting your fingernails before you put them inside of a fucking vagina or asshole, you know, little stupid things like that, that like you learn in a basic health education class. It's like education with an asterisk. I mean, go through all of this this work to draft this, and and so what what would possibly offensive in this that like somebody would not want to teach you know somebody the basic fundamentals of of the human body and sexuality. Right. Agreed. I absolutely agree. So to go on, it it says. A school district that offers instruction regarding human sexuality shall adopt content standards that are based on scientific research, which shall include. So this is under uh, this is a house bill under Colorado law. Encourage parental involvement in family communication. Include instruction to help students develop skills for making responsible and healthy decisions about human sexuality, personal power, boundary setting, resisting peer pressure, including how to avoid unwanted verbal, physical, and sexual advances, and how to avoid making unwanted verbal, physical, and sexual advances. That should be something, first of all, your kids are taught in, like, second grade. That's a huge fucking piece of the puzzle. You know, how to advocate for your body, how to say the right words, speaking. You know, it's not your 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 pee-pee and your poopa and your funny, cutie little word. It's my vulva, my vagina. My anus, these are words your kids should know so that if somebody fucking goes near them, they can use those words and not talk like a fucking toddler when somebody is fucking touching them or doing something inappropriate around them, right? Like, I don't mean to, like, tell you that your toddler can't talk like a toddler. That's what I'm talking about. But, like, when we have, like, 10-year-olds saying, like, little cutesy words for, like, your tits, you know what I mean? Like, call them what they are, you know? Anyways, include discussions how alcohol and drug use impairs responsible and healthy decision making. I mean, I learned that in yeah. school that they they basically taught you can't give consent yeah. if you have if you're under the influence technically, which is a Degrassi theme. Honestly, themes in Degrassi, like I swear to God, half of them were discussed in my health class, and it was basically referenced constantly. So ridiculous. <laughs> Number two, just to go back, and these are kind of like the things that we should <laughs> run around like consent stuff, right? Like at first, I was like you know, this very generalized idea of uh, for making responsible and healthy decisions about human sexuality. 
that is like kind of incredibly vague, you know, but I like the other stuff that they include, you know, personal power, boundary setting, resisting peer pressure, you know, because like it's subjective what healthy decisions about human sexuality are, right? Like how does a teacher address that? What if there are additional questions? Well, what is, you know, healthy, like what's a healthy decision around human sexuality? What's the, the standard for that statement? Anyways, I'm sorry. Go on. <laughs> no, it's true. I did. I did kind of glide over that, but yeah, that's that is definitely a very important part of that. Is like how to advocate for your physical being and for others, and to you know understand what is bad versus good as far as decision making and all of that. Like what's healthy versus what's frivolous or whatever the fuck you want to call it. Um, all right. So number right, four is be age appropriate, culturally sensitive and medically accurate, according to published authorities upon which medical professionals generally rely. That's interesting. It's a weird way to put it, but okay. that's, that's also another like ridiculously purposely vague. Are, are we talking about the American Medical Association? Like what, what, are, what do we mean? Right. You know, cause a lot of things claim to publish accurate information you know and medical professionals rely on all sorts of different things and some of them we don't all agree with that seems like shirking the responsibility to define something on purpose yeah i you will notice that a lot of these are left up to the teacher to figure out which is interesting because if you're going to make a law about it and you expect people to uphold these laws it's it's kind of like well what the fuck (laughs) like it's very big you know Um, The next one's provide instruction about the health benefits and potential side effects of using contraceptives and barrier methods to prevent pregnancy, including instructions regarding emergency contraception and the availability of contraceptive methods. Okay, so. Oh, emergency contraception. It's interesting to see that starting to be included, which is over the counter. And doesn't work if you're over a certain amount of weight, so it doesn't actually, you know. That's it. About half of the population can take it. Um, oh, this is this is the worst and, one that I'm about to read. Mm, uh, <laughs> I knew this would this nonsense would be in here somewhere. Emphasize abstinence and teach that sexual abstinence is the only certain way and the most effective way to avoid pregnancy and sexually transmitted diseases and infections. Fuck off. It's also how you create little serial killers. It really is, honestly. Like, I I hate that so much. I have no problem with the idea that they teach, that they can teach, you know, the easiest way to avoid pregnancy and STIs is to not have sex. I get that. That's all. That's accurate. The word emph- emphasize is problematic. is problematic as shit. I'm sorry, but, like, again, the most horny and hormonal and you know wild you're ever going to be in your life is typically your teens into your early 20s when your brain is still forming and yes it's a terrible time for for people to be making decisions regarding their bodies we understand that but it's also when you do it it's when that happens so it really should to me the verbiage should be emphasize making health the healthiest choice or healthier choices Mm. like when we say we are advocates of safer sex. We're not saying right harm yeah. reduction. That's what I was going to say. Where's the harm exactly. reduction? Exactly. The 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 safest sex you can have is by yourself. We know that. 
Okay, we understand that, but that's not what we're asking. <laughs> it depends. So, I mean, you shouldn't be doing autoerotic asphyxiation alone, right? Mm-hmm. But like, you know, the safest sex that you can have is no sex. Okay, that's great, but that doesn't to me that it's it doesn't lend itself any anything based in reality the kids that are not gonna fuck are the kids that are not gonna fuck whether a teacher tells them to or not it has nothing to do with that give students more information to make healthier harm reductive decisions you know what what is my best choice damn i don't have a condom what is my best choice in this situation right now Hand job, blow yeah. job, foot job, <laughs> mutual masturbation. Yeah. I remember my teacher actually discussed mutual masturbation in the high school classroom and everybody was like giggling and, and she was like, it's a pretty valid way mm. to be able to enjoy sex and sexuality with somebody without actually having like those, you know, she wasn't trying to do the abstinence nonsense. Well, I'm gonna. I was gonna say, if you don't think everybody's gonna start giggling when you say abstinence, like you haven't been around teenagers, right? Like either out of like, oh my god, yeah, like half of the class isn't being abstinent already. So like, you know, imagine how a brain shuts off when they hear information that already doesn't feel like it applies to them. Right. Of right? course. Yeah. Exactly. Whereas if I were to be, if I were a kid in school and I heard the teacher say, okay, we're gonna talk about safer options. Yes, we know that abstinence is the safest option out there, but it's also not the option that a lot of people will choose. Let's talk about other options and choices that we have on the menu. And (laughs) therefore we can discuss what it, you know, you can decide what is the right method and, and mode of transportation, if you will. You know what I mean? Like. What's going to yeah. Be great. Well, and so let's make sure we contextualize it too. This first part of this policy was written in 2007, right? And I'm not sure if it took them that long to actually write out a policy, but it looks that way. Otherwise, I would imagine they would have included. So it looks like 2007 is the first time they decided to actually broach the subject and put some words on paper. Right. Absolutely. I also so we're going to go on there's other parts to this that we're, we're going to discuss, but it's kind of a bummer that this doesn't include anything about, you know, how sex education can differ for each student and their, their specific needs, if you will, because again, there's really no queer conversation in here. So I don't like that, but let's, let's continue. Right. So there's another house bill at the Colorado law in 2013. And under this, the Comprehensive Human Sexuality K-12 through Education Act updates Colorado's existing comprehensive sex education law with the following. So this is just an updated version of the last one. Adds definitions and guidelines to the content standards for the instruction of comprehensive human sexuality education. The revised definition of comprehensive. Okay, so this is the revision. Comprehensive human sexuality education means medically accurate information about all methods to prevent unintended pregnancy and sexually transmitted diseases and infections, including HIV and AIDS, hepatitis C, and the link between HPV and cancer. Methods must include information about the correct and consistent use of abstinence, contraception, condoms, and other barrier methods. And number two is requires that parents and guardians be informed of the content of comprehensive human sexuality education programs are given the opportunity to have their student opt out. Okay. 
So they just kind of included a couple extra words in there, it sounds like. Yeah. So, yeah, I was trying to, like, kind of, like, ferret out, like, you know, there does, you know, seem to be some uh, defining and actually, I guess, expanding means, you know, medically accurate information about all methods to prevent, you know, so emphasizing abstinence when, like, you can wear a condom and put in a UID and, like, find yourself. <laughs> Did I say, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I meant IUD, <laughs> IUD, sorry. And like, like, and find yourself at a pretty decent amount of coverage for both things, let alone if you add like a spermicide, like, you know, like, okay, fine. Abstinence is the only thing, but like, there wasn't any conversation of encouraging these other kind of ideas about information and, and, and around sexuality. I mean, I, I still say they haven't used the term harm reduction, but I see them trying to expand their conversation around right. it and be very specific about, I don't know why they decided to be so specific around HIV and hepatitis. I would guess on the back end because it costs states a fortune in the price of the medications for those particular disease states. And that's why they got a special call out. I'm thinking yes. out loud. Yes, I know. <laughs> so in 2019, there was another update, which this looks promising. So number one, it adds certain content requirements for public schools that offer comprehensive human sexuality education, including instruction on consent as it relates to safe and healthy relationships and safe haven laws. Fantastic. Number two, mm-hmm. prohibits instruction from emphasizing sexual abstinence. Ooh. <gasps> Oh, so they corrected themselves. Okay. Acceptable preventative method available to students. That's great. So what we were just talking about, like mutual masturbation, things like that. You know, there's other options. Uh I love that. That's great. Oh, I like this next part too. Hibbit's instruction from explicitly or implicitly using shame-based or stigmatizing language or instructional tools, employing gender stereotypes, or excluding the health needs of lesbian, gay, bisexual, or transgender individuals. Beautiful. Finally. Jesus Christ. Okay. okay. That's nice. That's nice. Number three. If a public school teaches comprehensive human sexuality education, this public school is not required to include instruction on pregnancy outcome options. However, if a public school opts to provide instruction on pregnancy outcome options, it must cover all pregnancy outcome options available. Beautiful. Yeah. That. So, is that how they're saying abortion without saying abortion? Essentially, you're not allowed to talk about anything beyond birth when it comes to deciding what to do with the child unless you talk about every single fucking option. That's beautiful. So that means you have to mention abortion. That's great. That's a great law. I love that. And then there are... Based on House Bill 1292, blah, 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 all of the House Bills I just read, the three recommended comprehensive sexual health curriculums that are used in in Denver public schools are, we're going to, we have a couple of them right here, but there's, yeah. there's a couple listed. So the, the one of them, for example, is called the three R's, rights, respect, and responsibility. Interesting. Very mm. interesting. And then there's the creating a culture of consent. Yes, let's let's talk about that. So, sorry, I need to find it. <laughs> so I like it. Like it's kind of funny that you know something that say as serious as consent has worked out the anacronym fries. Like 
hamburgers and fries. So, I mean, it's really great to see something like this, you know, in general in writing, especially so cute. by like in a like public authority. So, what do we got? <laughs> this is kind of good. Like, I mean, they need to go around and teach some adults some of these things. Honestly, I've it. I feel like this was definitely missing from my high school curriculum and we would have benefited from it absolutely drastically okay so the the acronym overall stands for freely given reversible informed enthusiastic given the f stands for freely given and that means consent must be freely given and not because the person is forced manipulated blackmailed or experienced overwhelming overwhelming pressure to do something freely given means the person decided to do something because they wanted to i love this reversible the r stands for reversible which means that consent can be changed or taken back at any time the person who consented changes their mind if a person decides to do something and gives their consent to do it but then they change their mind right before halfway through that's okay and they can say we need to stop i'm not okay with this anymore or i'm ready to stop now I love this. I love that it's put in very simple terms. I, I always say, like, I always t- tell the, the, the youth, you're always allowed to change your mind. Like, own that freaking statement in your head, no matter, like, what kind of pressure is going on. The amount of times I've heard people say, well, I mean, I went there at, like, two in the morning. Like, obviously, I should have expected he wanted to fuck. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. And you also what are expected to fuck just because you showed up at two well, in the and, morning? Well, and like, maybe you wanted to on your way over there. I'm sure, but like we're 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 giving up our consent before the action even starts mm-hmm. to take place. We're sitting there saying, "Oh, I can't say no now." Yes, you fucking can. <laughs> you can do it at any goddamn point. I don't give a fuck if he was two seconds away from jizzing on your eyeballs. <laughs> you can say I'm done. Jizzing on your eyeballs. That is the fucking best. Sitting there blinking, staring up at somebody who's jerking it onto your, who's about to jerk it onto your face and be like, fuck, I'm done here and get up and go. Mm, mm. Is that a sick power move? Fuck yeah, it is. Do it more often, people. Let's go. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a terrible. Anyways, um, informed. The I stands for informed, which means that when a person says yes or consents to something, they know what they are consenting to. It's really important the person has all the information they need to make the decision to give their consent or not, or not to give their consent. This is great. I love this. It's not okay for somebody to withhold or not share information to try to get someone else to consent. All information needs to be on the table. Informed also relates to impairment. If someone is under the influence of drugs or alcohol, they may not be able to gather information, understand, process, or remember what's being shared with them in the way they typically would. If that's the case, they cannot give their informed consent. I like that. Well stated. Yeah. I mean, I don't know who helped um craft this but it, it does seem to be like well thought out yeah it's very i it's just the language gives me would be easily understood by a high schooler vibes which is great you know so give me an e so give me an a enthusiastic <laughs> this means someone is consenting because they really want to and their enthusiasm is obvious from their body language and words they look and sound excited about what they are doing they aren't hesitating, avoiding the other person, or withdrawing. Mm. I love this so much. In the words of my friend BJ, she always said, 
if the person, if it's not an enthusiastic yes, then it's a fucking no. And I agree with that. Enthusiasm is a big portion of this fucking conversation. If somebody, you know, the reason why people sometimes get in trouble when, when the original discuss, or I should say the, the full night looks like there was consent given, but then after the person felt fucking weird about it or whatever, and it, that typically is because somebody stopped paying attention to physical clues and cues mm. and just paid attention to the fact that no one said no yet. I'm sorry, wow, but if, you're fe- if you are frozen in fear or frozen from PTSD, you're having a fucking traumatic moment, something triggered you into remembering something that happened in your past, all of a sudden a smell, a sound, something fucked you up, it got you out of the mood, whatever is happening... Sometimes it's impossible to actually muster up the no. Right. But the person that's kissing you or touching you or fucking you, they should be paying attention to your physical cues and they should be paying attention to your facial expressions and they should be paying attention to all of the different things that make up consent. And you should want to get down with somebody who is into getting down with you. There's nothing more unsatisfying than like a partner that is not enjoying what they're doing Right. I mean, if you watch Ted Bundy, uh, a Ted Bundy movie, for example, and you see that like he really wanted the girls to literally be as passed out and non-consenting as possible, you know, like if you look at like their body language, like no one's having fun in that situation. Everybody feels awkward. They feel uncomfortable. And it's the same. It's the same kind of thing. It's like fucking a dead, lifeless body. You're probably a serial killer maybe maybe look into that like that might be and and i'm not kink shaming here no if you have a thing if you have a thing for like the sleeping beauty thing or whatever whatever yeah negotiate that That, that's a negotiation not you want to bring somebody to so you don't want you want to make somebody so fucking disconnected from their brain that they're just laying there lifeless and limp. No, 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 no. That needs to be discussed ahead of time. Because yeah. I listen, I like, I have a sleeping beauty fetish myself. But like, if all of a sudden I was enthusiastically riding your dick, and then all of a sudden I just am not enthusiastic anymore, and we haven't discussed a sleeping beauty fetish ahead of time, yeah, that's a good sign that I'm no longer consenting, and I'm going through the fucking motions and don't, and not telling you no for some reason or another, whether it's because I can't or whatever. So like, um, again, unless you are literally setting up the scene for the person to be lifeless, those are good indications, Hell yeah. you know, sorry. I, I went on a little bit of a rant there and I went in a weird circle to get back to my point, but Ted Bundy is a creep and <laughs> yeah, stop sexualizing serial killers. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, specific. The S stands for specific which people are being clear about what they want to do and are consenting to specific activities together. It's important to be specific about exactly what activity both people are consenting to and check in as that activity is happening to make sure both people are still comfortable and consenting. Beautiful. Again, if maybe you didn't, maybe the body language was, you start to get a little off. Hey, everything cool here? It takes two seconds to double check. Are you good with everything? You know, I, I, I know... There's this big discourse for like making fun of like guys who are bad in bed online. I get that. And and one of the jokes is that is like the guy that checks in too much. Oh, did I do something wrong? Did I do something wrong? That's not what we're talking about. We're literally talking about doing taking a fucking temperature check. Two minutes in, ten minutes in, if if the mood switches or changes, things like that, that's when you should absolutely 
hey, everything good? We're, we're still, maybe you're doing something a little bit more aggressive, whatever. Either way, it doesn't fucking matter. You should be checking in with the person, making sure everything is good, especially if maybe they're not like loud. Yeah. You know, not everybody moans, not everybody fucking makes a lot of noise. Sometimes you get to be like, yo, is this cool? Yeah, you know, you know that, so this, I, is, this is jobs before where the person isn't making any noise and I look up mm. at them, I'm like, everything's still okay? Is this still, are you in your, are you thinking about your Nana? Like, what's good? Like, what do we need to do here to switch up the mood? Oh, you're just naturally quiet? Okay, just checking. You know what I'm saying? This, this is always part of the conversation that like, you know, I won't lie. I get a little shocked that people don't talk about what they want to do. And I, one part of that is certainly like coming from a, on some aspects, like queer sex culture is very much about figuring out some like kind of coordination of activities because either cleanliness needs to be a factor or whatever, you know, like I'm always surprised that how little, I guess the default assumption for heteronormative sex is that you're going to like have missionary style sex that may or may not include oral beforehand like otherwise like how do you know what you're doing like that seems fundamental to me I'm not being judgy I am just being honest I'm always surprised about the lack of conversation around this particular area Sure. And listen, we're never judging just because we don't like a certain thing. You know, I, you may not like missionary that starts with like a little sloppy toppy. Okay. <laughs> and some people do. And that's, that's fine. Sloppy but you're right. There is, there is like a, an assumption with like step one, step two, step three, a lot of times, especially in heteronormative relationships or situations or sexual acts, there is a, a lot of, you know, I'm, we're not going to necessarily think outside the box here. We're just going to do specific things. And if you don't have that conversation ahead of time, all of a sudden you might have somebody taking out a strap on and wants you to get on all fours. And and you're like, what did I sign up for? And it, first of all, you didn't because you didn't give consent to that. Right. But also I probably should be discussed ahead of time. I mean, I don't think it, some people are like, it, it doesn't, it makes it less sexy. Excuse me. Talking about the sex you're going to have makes it less sexy. Well, and then, and then like, you're getting like, who prescribes what the stock thing, if two people agree to be sexually engaged with each other, right? Like the, the whole thing of like, you'll hear in like a show or a movie tonight's the night for what? Exactly. Right, right. <laughs> what, like, right. what, what is your expectation? I only let you do on the honeymoon. Like, what is that? Right. Okay. I only give blowjobs on <laughs> anniversaries. Okay, fine. You know, but like, what, what is the expectation? And how did, you know, how did it get set? And how does everybody understand that that's what it means? Probably through like peer advising. True. It's, and that's exactly, to me, a lot of times people just go back to their pals and they're like, what? What, what does this mean or what should I do or what do you, what do you do to please the somebody or spice things up? And it's always some shitty advice given to some given by somebody that like is not having good sex. Well, and that's <laughs> the thing, you know, you want to go back to the whole thing about like men not being good at sex. Well, okay. I'll just cross out men. I'll say people in general, right. because these conversations, if you want, if you want, people to get better at it, you have to at least be communicating about it, right? Like, and what is, what is, what is better? Everybody has their flavor of like, what is better to them? Like heavily oral it's, centered. It's sex. Why I, 
I prefer to watch somebody that I'm going to have sex with more than once, a partner or whatever. I prefer to watch them masturbate before I do anything with them because I want to know how you get off. Is it the underside of your cock that you hold on to when you're stroking it with your like, index finger or your middle finger? How much Is grip? it that you like pressure? Do you like pressure on your clit legs or do you like pressure on your clit? Do you want me to actually penetrate you or is that just something that you do in your videos you make? Like there's so many different pieces to the puzzle and like I like to watch somebody else get off first because there's nothing more telling than how a person enjoys it, right? So just like that alone, you know, it's like... I don't know how people walk around in life as each other's like partners and they've never watched each other masturbate. Like that blows my actual fucking mm. mind. Mm. Sorry. I, I know that point was really neither here nor there. But. No, it's good. You know, so like, honestly, like, you know, I think people, and this is my worry whenever people are trying to push a campaign for something is that they become oversaturated with the term and it loses all like sense of meaning. Like, this creating a culture of consent is actually just good standards for creating a culture of not just consent, good sex. <laughs> right. Right. And that's the thing is the more that you can have these conversations and get to know the person that you're going to do sex to, the better off everybody is, mm. including the next people that they have sex with, because it's like you create a chain reaction. Once somebody gets a taste of what have that, fully mature sex and sexuality why settle for anything less than that you know exactly. most people are going to want that afterwards and then it creates a chain reaction it's good stuff so so like i want i want to no fuck yeah i want but i want to talk about this very interesting document because we've been sitting here and like we pledge never to prepare so you know <laughs> but i'm like reading this document that came with all this um called the values question protocol, right? So it says most questions your class asks will not be value-laden. New teachers are often relieved to discover that most questions asked in a sexual health unit, like most in other units, are straightforward fact questions, one of which have an answer. When answering a question about an issue, where there is diversity of opinion, we would urge you to follow the values questionnaire protocol that follows. And they've created this great little, what do you call it, an acronym? Or is that it? Um, called yeah. ANSWER. And ANSWER is affirm the asker, note if the question is values-based, state the facts, what is the range of values, encourage talking with trusted adults, Remain available and check that you've answered the question. So, I, you know, this is actually kind of a, a smart thing, but it's also like I, my, my initial reaction to seeing it is like, this is also one of those things that like lets them talk about certain things because they've taken the time to assess what religious or conservative upbringing the said asker of question is, is bringing forth, right? This whole idea of values-based, Fuck, I values, values. <laughs> they're so subjective, which is kind of what they're speaking to here. Like you're going to have, you know, students that were raised like you and I were, which was with information. And then some that are, you know, religiously suppressed in the information that they have access to. 
you know, so I like the first, right. you know, speaking to your masturbation thing. <laughs> Below is an example of how to answer a values-based question. Right. What do you believe about masturbation? That's an interesting question. A lot of kids wonder about masturbation. The thing is, it's a value question, not a fact question, like most of the ones you've been asking me. It's one where often culture and other family beliefs believe something different. I can tell you what masturbation is. It's when a person strokes or touches their genitals for pleasure. What kinds of beliefs have you heard about masturbation? Response from students. So like, I, I get where they're going with this, right? They're trying, but again, it sounds like right. they're trying to cover their ass, right? They're, they're teaching teachers to not get in the weeds of like, having to like expose their personal beliefs around the topics or having their personal beliefs influence the discussion. They're making those instructors like double check right. themselves before they answer. Which is, I mean, that's I, it's pretty val valuable, I would say. I like this next section that discusses slang or hurtful language. And it's like, there's three types of this. There's crude, but not unkind, which is like, does it hurt if you jack off a lot? <laughs> These examples are so funny. Um, and then one is um, some contain euphemisms, baby talk, or non-medical common synonyms for things. So like, what does popping the cherry mean? And others contain derogatory language stereotypes or disrespectful assumptions. Like, why are men such assholes? Mm. And I like that it says You'll, you're going to handle each of these differently. Trust your professional judgment and personal comfort as guides. Yeah, I was reading kind of the, the, you know, I mean, these, I mean, these are good things. And like, remember, we are talking about young people who haven't have yet to be completely conditioned by like things that you just don't ask other people in public or unless you have some sort of more intimate relationship with them. Right. And then you have your jokesters who are probably just going to like try to see if Mrs. So-and-so likes to masturbate, right? So they can go, right, like, right, wait, right. bake that shit later. So I think, like... Wait, bake, I love like, it. Bake. Yeah, so yeah. you're, like, make it, like, personal, right? I understand. Yeah, they're, they're I like, trying to put that diffuse, you know, that space between it. Sure, and that, that makes sense. So this is actually, I jumped ahead in, in class, if you will. Um, I went down to the sexual technique question. So they're, they're giving like lots of examples of like, you know, if you don't know an answer, if you don't, if you have weird personal views, you know, whatever. But the last thing that they go over is the sexual technique question, which Aaron and I were basically discussing uh, kind of in like a, a different way. Like, you know, the whole like pleasure seeking thing. I don't know. Right. But um, this is killing me. This is, I, this is so funny. So assume good intentions that they're not testing you. Acknowledge that the person who asked the question may have been being playful, but don't assume hostility on their part. Express boundaries and then answer the factual part of the question, not the how-to. Well, I'm not here to teach people how any sexual behavior is done, but I can define it for you. So, like, masturbation is rubbing your genitals for pleasure. Da 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 da, -da. <laughs> Whatever. So, like, so, like, if a student is like, hey, Mrs. Whatever... What does uh, a reach around with, no, you know, or what's a, <laughs> what's a rusty trembone? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or like, is fucking like a jackhammer cool? I don't fucking know. I, I don't know. I, I, don't I know would love to see somebody ask their teacher a fucking like a jackhammer question. 
<laughs> I love the sample. Uh, we'll t- I mean, okay. Is there a way to hit you without being creepy? I always want to check my partner's phone. Is that okay? Like these are these are good. Yeah, these are good. actually, these are good. I mean, <laughs> is it okay to check my partner's phone? Wouldn't that be a value-based question? Um, <laughs> right? Like you know, so fine. You know, and on some. It's a hooker. <laughs> what is a hooker? Oh, interesting. Wait, where's the answer for what is a hooker? Like how? I don't oh, have answers. To- these are just examples of oh, things no, no, that the no, teachers but, have to But we, we should practice. So how, how, given what we were just read, how would you, as sure. a teacher, answer the question, what is a hooker? I would answer it. Hooker is not a nice term to use. It was an, it's an old term. So let's go ahead and get that out of our vocabulary. What we call them is sex workers. And a sex worker is a person that exchanges sex or sexual activity for something typically of monetary value. Wow. There are multiple layers to sex work. Some of it is transactional. Some of it is uh, survival-based. And some of it is by choice. Uh, See, now they're going to fire you. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Exactly. The first part would have been fine. Yeah. Right? The first part. And then as soon as you, you go, you dive into the fact that there's like, you know, people that have to survive for like that need sex work to survive. Right. Then, then you've gone too far, unfortunately. But yeah, that's exactly how I would answer it. There there are three different types of sex work uh, or in-person sex work. And those include transactional survival. And I don't like the word consensual, but some, you know, um, chosen, if you will. Right. Ooh, toast like, sounds a good word. Yeah. Toast, cho- I, I know that there's a better word for it. I just can't think of it right now. But mm. but, but I, I just say, I just call it, you know, in-person sex work versus transactional versus survival because there's, there's different layers to this, right? Some people have to have sex to survive or have to have sex to get, uh, you know, housing or have to have sex to eat to be sure. able to live to the next day. Sure. That's not, that's not every single sex worker's situation, right? There's escorts, there's, there's all different layers to sex work, but I, I would essentially, you know, probably explain it with using the first part and say that it's, it's, not it's more nuanced than you know the the movie Pretty Woman. Right, like you also want to force them to ask follow up questions, you know, and and whatever too, right? Ones that you would probably answer differently depending upon what the question is. Okay, I want to ask one more question as a student in your class, Mrs. Tramp. So, Mrs. Tramp, Mrs. Tramp, uh, when will my first of all, it's Ms. oh sorry, I am oh, not oh sorry, Miss Tramp, Miss Tramp, and. Um, <laughs> When will my boobs grow? I don't know that answer. That is something that you should discuss with your family. <laughs> I don't I, No, I would probably say everybody grows at different rates and speeds mm-hmm. and you should you are not done developing physically until you're 22 years old. So, I don't know the answer to that, but I think that you should not be so worried to be in a rush. Oh, well said. I like it. I like it. Fuck yeah. Well, As opposed to being like, ah, good luck, kid. You're probably not going to get no titties. Ah. <laughs> yeah. It's probably best not to like get them all fucking weird about their bodies because that age, they're <laughs> already probably really fucking weird about their bodies, right? Okay. So like for the kind of final 
touch and play here, I think, wrapping up our understanding of this. So we were provided kind of like the high school alignment of comprehensive health skills of Colorado health standards. And like, I like how it's color coded because, you know, I'm a killer for that. And isn't that kind of the, the trans flag that they've got there on the right almost? Uh, it's more of the bisexual flag. Oh, right, right. Ugh, I'm always fucking up my flags. See, they need to teach that in class. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's close, but yeah. So, so it looks like they've kind of broken this out into like skill and functional knowledge topics, which, you know, I'm really wondering, and I guess this is where we can like have the discussion next week about understanding how a teacher turns all of these tools into an actual lesson plan for these students like how do you how are you picking and choosing from these things that like i guess are just kind of resources to kind of steer you to make sure you check certain boxes but also like you know to work from to help you check those boxes right Mm -hmm. so um they've broken it into functional knowledge as about healthy eating relationships and sexual health personal family community wellness physical mental emotional and social health drugs alcohol and tobacco violence-free relationships safety and injury prevention and so i think those are kind of like very social determinant-y kind of like stuff on some level you know i'm interested in how they uh you know, so this is like, I guess, you know, for the listeners, the way to like think about this is like, they're kind of talking about these are the skills you'll learn by us talking about this. And then, you know, the understanding that after you have like taught these skills, the students should be able to, for example, will demonstrate the ability to access valid information, products and services to enhance health. Right. So, you know, I right. think, you know, I won't go through all of this, but it, it's interesting, you know, the way they've kind of done this, like broken out into these larger kind of topics, analyzing influence, you know, so they're, they're kind of giving the instructors the kind of background on like, this is the higher level skill that we're addressing with these kind of specific requirements. You, you want them to know how to understand the difference between verbal and nonverbal communication skills and things like that. So I think it's kind of almost like an accountability thing that whatever you're doing in these areas, the student after they learned it should be able to do or say or understand X, Y, and Z. So I guess that is definitely a useful uh, document, you know, to go hand in hand. But I am curious, again, how instructors turn this into a lesson plan that engages, you know, the youth while also checking all these right. boxes without them falling asleep or finding in another boring, boring health class. I'd be curious around innovations in teaching around this. I, yeah, I would like to see, like, I, I would really be interested to see how, for example, of like a very queer friendly teacher would include, you know, maybe some additional documents from like Listen's uh, website. It looks like they have, they have like the wiggle room and the ability to do that under Denver, for example, because it's basically saying like, you don't want to exclude any, any students from these conversations, but it also doesn't really necessarily say when to include. Oh. It just says not 
exclude, right. right? Like I'm not seeing anything that's like, here's where you talk about being gay, right? Like it doesn't really necessarily show me that, or at least I might've skipped right. it, but. So this is an interesting, it's an interesting intersection on here and I'm not sure who took it from what, but I just noticed on Glisten's website, they use the three R's as one of the curriculums that they have in here and they call it LGBTQ inclusive sexual health curriculum by advocates for youth. I'm kind of interested in like considering it is the same three terms, rights, respect, and responsibility. And we didn't like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm curious if like Glisten's curriculum is actually already bleeding into some of the school systems that are allowed to do this. Or if maybe they took this from, this is, this was created by advocates right. for youth. This, the three R's curriculum. Oh, right, right. So it looks like there a lot of their stuff comes on Glisten's site from many different resources. Oh, like okay. Like the Coalition. I mean, those are, you know, some kind of like print resources, but they have video resources too. Um, those look like they're made by Glisten, but it's interesting, you know, you know, if you do have a school system, it actually does look like there's a lot of very interesting things on here. Again, my critique will just also be on, there, you know, there's not a lot of like pleasure conversations around sex. It seems to be mostly like just in the health category. And right, because then they get unfortunately into the like how to, and that's that's not a class that they can teach. And it's weird because it's almost like I know, I know you can't teach a bunch of 16 year olds how to fuck, right? right? No shit. But like, it's so amazing if it wasn't just a college I mean, I mean there isn't a college class about how to fuck right. either right like it just it feels like there should be a in between high school and adult life there should be a course that you take on like the pleasure aspects and like understanding you know your own fantasies and fetishes and healthy ways mm. to approach them healthy ways to practice them i think that's where we get into a lot of this you know bad shit happening with when it comes to people practicing their fetishes and fantasies. Well, and I was going to say, it looks like the closest they, they kind of get to talking about this pleasure is by talking about consent, right? It's the only term you, the only kind of place you really see this conversation about like what activities, right? What's enjoyable, right, right, right. And I get it. Again, there's only so much that you can actually say before it becomes like a softcore porno and you have a room full of fucking pubescent kids. I get that. But at the same time, I just think about what is it that that movie with uh, Alicia Cuthbert fucking girl next door where like their whole big the whole premise of the movie is these high schoolers were like, we don't have a good sex ed course that actually teaches us how to like have sex how to put a condom on, how to do anything. So they have like these porn stars that they meet, like come and make a video with them and it's extremely educational and it's not like, it keeps everybody's attention, but it's not mm. like an actual porn. But then like it, there was, it, there was an implication that there was like a kid 16 in it that was like fucking, I don't know, whatever. Anyways, it's like, it's like that idea, but like, obviously not as ridiculous, that would be something, mm. you know, I don't know. I just think that it's ridiculous that there's no, there's, there's all this like how not to get an STI and how, but like, how about how not to do like, how not to hurt somebody right. in the bedroom? I don't know. Like all of, I, I get, I get 
we can't teach you how to fuck, but like it would be nice to have like a little bit more comprehension on like, you know, things that aren't pleasurable, things that could be pleasurable, things that you could explore and you're it's not weird. There's no shame here, blah blah blah. And, I don't and yeah. It's just it's just too bad that it's a course that people can go take on this. Yeah, kind of stuff, I think you know? I think what they've got is a good shell of an idea, right? You know, my you know, because like it starts there's a lot of stuff on interpersonal communication, which we've talked about many times. Like if you're not able to negotiate or talk about these things, then you know, you're not going to be able to do these things in a way that is pleasurable to you. Like, they're not saying that part necessarily, but like, you know, any, anybody who is like kind of understanding what they're getting at is, is about creating, you know, more positive interactions, not just on a sexual level, but with like your interests and your, your, you know, fellow humans, right? You know, so this idea of being able to talk and right. even, you know, with the piece about the teacher talking in a respectful manner, addressing and, and correcting any kind of things that are like colloquialisms versus, you know, like, eh, this is what we say when we're kind of having this conversation in a general social educational way, rather than when you're rubbing elbows with your friends. You know, so I think that they've sure. got, you know, there's a start here for, you know, creating the foundation. I mean, I think that real interpersonal communication speech needs to start younger. You know, it doesn't even have to be about sex in that in that sense. But like, you know, being able to like tell even younger people you have the right to, you know, negotiate the kind of communication you're having with somebody else, right? You know, he stole my toy. Okay. Well, how did you handle him stealing your toy? (laughs) You know? But also, I think, I mean, I and I'm sure that it's changing and it probably is now included, but like children should be taught consent from fucking day one, including... I don't want uncle right. to hug me. I don't want the teacher to touch right. my hair. Okay. All of those things are your, are, are up to you and you alone because it's your yeah, physical it's your fucking body. Space. Absolutely. Oh, your auntie. No, yeah. I don't want to. This is my physical yeah. fucking body. Is she dying? No. Okay. I'm not going to hug her then. You know, like, and I, I understand that like, it's kind of weird to be like, no, no, like don't tell your kid not to hug their aunt. Yeah, it's it, it does feel weird, right? But guess what feels weirder when the kid doesn't want to fucking touch that person and they well, right, right. More importantly, that's, how are that's what teaches your kid not to right. advocate? For and themselves, how are you going right? to connect that to like when somebody says like, well, you know, I I, I fucked them, but like it doesn't matter that they weren't into it because I had to hug my fucking aunt and I wasn't into it. Like you're already. Right. Right. Like taking away that person's autonomy over their body when you force them to do things physically or emotionally that they don't want to do. It's one thing to set lessons for your kid and teach them things around safety and whatever and say, don't touch the burner because it's hot. But it's another thing to say, go touch on Bertha because it's on Bertha and that's what we do. And she'll be sad. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We shame oh, them she'll into be it. Sad? Let's teach our children that if somebody shows an emotion that isn't happiness when we advocate for our bodies that, that we right. give into them. Right. That's exactly what you're, t- you're basically saying. If somebody's sad because you won't touch them. And you that it's your them. fault. <laughs> Same thing. And, and that it's your fault because you, because you didn't yeah. want to, to yeah. begin with. Right. And it's just like, that's, that's exactly what makes, that's the difference between a kid who is 
a predator's fucking next victim because he can see it from a mile away that they are a people pleaser and somebody that's not going to be exactly right like that's exactly exactly what it is and like the the more that you you force your kids to do things that they don't want to goddamn do when it comes to their physical body there's things that they have to do right we know that they need to shower they need to brush their teeth these are things that unfortunately you're going to have to take away their bodily autonomy for, but there's somebody put it well, and I don't remember exactly who it was and how they said it, but they, it was basically like, these are things that like, unfortunately you still, I still have to have oversight over, but not control over versus these are things that you 100% have control over, which include hugging somebody being in the personal you know sitting next to somebody that you don't want to sit next to all that kind of but, shit and, like no your kid needs to learn how to and advocate you no. should be able to provide a logical explanation for why they do something and by logical i mean it has like an outcome that is negative to you if you don't do it not hugging aunt bertha there's not a logical explanation for why you should hug aunt bertha other than somebody continuing a cycle of pressure that they were raised on and then passing on to the next, you know, like kids will do things naturally when they feel the need to do it. They will hug Aunt Bertha if, and wouldn't you want it to be organic? Don't you want to be raising young people that like feel organically compelled to do things, you know? Absolutely. I 100% agree. I, that's that's the biggest piece that I'm taking away from this is that I I don't know necessarily what kids are being taught, but it seems like there's more of consent based, at least in the high school conversation, which is so important. And it is so fucking important to be learning all of these things at that age and on both ends of it, not just being the person that hears the no, being the person that says the no, being the person that says the no halfway through, being the person that, you know, notices somebody's physical body language changed and they check in and then they stop, right? Like these are all, I want that across the board and high schoolers need to be educated in this manner because without it, you're just creating a bunch of little fuckheads that don't (laughs) understand. Yeah. You can absolutely be told no when the person's already walking out the goddamn door to leave, right? Like, no matter what. Let's all work together to not create a next generation of little assholes, okay? That'd be great. Yeah. No fuckheads, man. No fuckheads. No fuckheads. (laughs) That was awesome. So next week, we're going to talk to some people who do some edumacating. And, uh, you know, we can ask, like, our burning questions about what this, like, real-life applied, like, situation is. So that'd be exciting. Yeah, I'd like to hear what, you know, the shit that we talk. Let's ask the same some of the same questions. Let's say, how would you explain what a hooker is to your high school student? Hell yeah. When they ask what's a hooker. <laughs> Hell yeah. Fuck yeah. All right. Well, thanks for tuning into this group podcast with Felicia Rose and her crusty, rusty sidekick, A-Love. We're here to meet you um, on a journey with us. And we hope that you stick around next week. Please like, subscribe, follow us, follow us everywhere. Follow NQO, support us, and love us. Fuck yeah. Bye. That was beautiful. Uh-huh.